I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 13 of Travel Talks. So today I've got a really interesting guest on called Nikola Kostic, who's a professional photographer who moved from Serbia to Bali aged 24 and has lived there for over 20 years. Nicola's episode is going to be entirely unique, like nothing you've ever seen on this podcast before. He speaks about diving with hammerhead sharks, the time where he was scuba diving underneath a volcano when it exploded, how he travelled the world looking for a city to live in and created 12 different city guides in the process, and so many more amazing stories. Thank you for choosing to listen to the podcast. I hope you enjoy this episode. And here I am cleaning the gym and I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. <laughs> I remember kind of like smoking a cigarette and it was like, I think it was like 2 a.m. You know, like I'm smoking a cigarette and having a coffee for some reason and looking at these stars and I'm like, five days ago, I was living in Serbia. We decided that it would be amazing to dive underneath that volcano. So, so <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah, yeah you got to do that. When I die, I mean, that will kind of like pass through my mind is like the, the volcano exploded again. So you're kind of like looking at this mushroom cloud of, of ash and everything while you're, you know, kind of diving. And we saw kind of like uh, a couple of hammerhead sharks making this little turn. And then one of them kind of like went right at me. Nicola, how are you doing? An absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you very much for for agreeing to to talk to me. And yeah, like I'm, I'm super happy to be here and uh, share a couple of stories with you. I'm really excited to do this one because I think it's going to be completely unique. So I want to ask you a question. Uh, which I ask everyone who comes on the podcast, and that is, how important is travel to you? It's it's very important. I mean, like the the, the thing the thing about the travel is that I mean, I'm not going to connect it to 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 my stories. I'm just going to connect it to like a general thing. I have never heard anybody who has traveled, you know, like extensively or you know, like a little bit, kind of like painting the world as a bad place. You know, be people as as mean and all that. So so, so pretty much all of the travelers. Are, are are united in this thing of uh, the world is a great much better place than you know it's portrayed in television or or news or everything people are so much nicer and kinder you know usually the neighboring country will tell you about <laughs> you know their neighbor like oh they'll kill you and then you kind of <laughs> go there and you have the best time ever and then kind of like the next neighboring country saying that about there so it kind of goes on and on and on you know yeah, i live in bali and like in, at some of our parties we have like I don't know, 20 nationalities in one room, which is, you know, it's, it's amazing thing, you know, like we, we, when you can do that. So uh, it's very important in one word. 
Yeah. Was travel something you always loved as a child or is it something you've grown into as you've grown up? Oh, 100% not. I was born in in Yugoslavia. So uh, so before age of, I think, 20, uh, age 24, when I moved to Bali, it was my second time on the airplane. Wow. Uh, and before that, I went to, I think my countries were Greece and Romania. Mm. So, you know, like when I hit Bali, you know, like I was 24, because I mean, there's really no, I mean, like the, the borders were closed, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, good luck with, you know, travel when you're <laughs> making, you know, $100 a month, you know, like that was, that was that time, you know, like mm. people were really struggling. So, uh, you know, I had a super happy kind of like, you know, staying there uh, mm. at a time in childhood and all of that. But you know, there was no, you know, like big travel that that happened much later. And basically, when I decided to move from from Bali to uh, to to from Serbia, actually to to Bali, I went through London first. That was the first mm-hmm. time I saw London. And it was just, you know, <laughs> Jesus. Then we landed in uh, in Singapore, you know, seeing a Singapore airport is to this day the biggest cultural shock really? that I've ever experienced. Yeah, I mean, like I, I was landing from from Eastern Eastern European uh, country mm-hmm. in the airport to Singapore, where, you know, miles of, of carpet live and, yeah. and there's a jungle inside and <laughs> theaters. And it's just Jesus Christ. And then I went to Bali, you know, like that was five days of my life. And then after that, my uncle kind of like, who actually brought me there was like, okay, we're going to go to the neighboring island of Lombok. And uh, we Mm -hmm. went to this uh, place and, you know, I was, I was sitting, I remember kind of like smoking a cigarette and it was like, I think it was like 2 AM, you know, like I'm smoking a cigarette and having a coffee for some reason Mm -hmm. and looking at these stars. And I'm like, five days ago, I was living in Serbia. Wow. It's just kind of like, I mean, the, the, the imagine five days, that mm. is like, talk about like mind blowing experience. You know, I just didn't, I couldn't remember kind of like anything from that, those five days, I think for like a month. And I started writing to a friend of mine and then all of these things, little details and everything kind of like came through. So that email that was supposed to be, hi, how are you? turn out to be like 47 pages novel, you know, like, and then this happened and this was yellow and this was green. It's like all of these memories came in. Amazing. So no, I mean, I, I really kind of like cultivated this, this uh, desire to travel really in Bali, talking to a lot of people who were fortunate enough to have won this genetic lottery. Uh, and actually when you spend a couple of months, mm. you know, like summer job, you get a couple of grand, you know, like that takes you far. I yeah. mean, like you can, you can travel. So um <laughs> That, that's how that happened. Yeah. So you said you didn't go away much as a child. And the first real place you go is Bali. I want to ask why Bali? Why did you settle on deciding to move to Bali? Well, I mean, it was kind of like the, the circumstances in, in Belgrade, you know, like I was, uh, I was involved in music. I had a band, we recorded an, we recorded an album and my band was kind of like got, climbing up the, the, the ladder of these things. I mean, like some one of the biggest bands in, in, in Serbia actually liked us. So we got to open, you know, like a couple of concerts. So I, wow. I un, undeservedly, we played like, I don't know, 2000 people, 3000 people, wow. uh, stadium, stuff like that, you know, like, so that affects you. So I had that experience. And then 
we, you know, like I just didn't see the the future in 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 Serbia. I mean, like a year after I I left Serbia, Belgrade was bombarded by by uh, NATO allies. So I got to watch that from Bali. Wow. Uh, that, that was fun. So uh, that that life completely fell apart. Pretty much, you know, like I was working for the for the for the first kind of like democratic newspaper, if there was such a thing, hmm. in Serbia. Uh, I lost my job. I had to move from my apartment to my parents' apartment. The band was offered a tour and we couldn't do it uh, and then I uh, broke up with my girlfriend and that happened in like three days wow. like all of that so like from like the perfect summer to mm. what the I mean like yeah then I got a job at the gym I was cleaning gyms while you know we were we recording an album with like one of the most influential drummers in, in in Serbia you know which means nothing really to anybody but you know it's my country yeah, you know yeah. so uh, you know it's 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 uh, it's pretty pretty nice and here i am cleaning gyms and i'm like you know what fuck this you know <laughs> <laughs> but i was still kind of debating like should i go should i should i stay and then in that kind of debate you know, like one day i was i was going another way i was staying and then my uncle kind of called from bali because he was coming to to visit us you know he was living there for like 10 years wow. and in that moment i picked up and i was like can i come man yeah. <laughs> three days later i had a ticket he arrived uh, two weeks later. I was uh, I was in Bali. I mean, it was just really, really quick. You know, like I think that you know he was, I don't know, he was he was really, really gracious to 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 take me, uh, and and you know give me this this fighting chance to 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 ch really change my life. I mean that that really changed my life. I mean I will I I don't reg yeah. I don't regret that decision. So that's how, how that happened. I'm sure I'm sure not. Were you scared though before moving to Bali? Because obviously it's a, like you said it's a massive cultural change and completely different to the life that you'd led up to that point. I did not know much about Bali. I mean I saw the photographs that my uncle showed me but I didn't ever ever showed some interest in in like Bali. Bali was just a place. I mean it could have been Zanzibar. Mm. Uh, it could have been whatever. I mean I just knew that uh, that I I needed to make a move. Yeah, it was too long ago. I mean, it was 20 years ago. So, so I, I don't think that I was scared. I think that I was more excited, you know, mm -hmm. like, I mean, obviously you have these sad moments and, you know, you're leaving your family and it's not like you can come for a coffee. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's 12,000 miles away. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, I stayed like what, two years because I mean that, that, that next year there was a bombarding and then they closed the borders. So that's, so I had to stay and it didn't see my family for about two years. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it, it was what it was. And 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 here we are, you know. Like I mean, all of that is kind of like, uh, you know, if I guess interesting story now. But uh, while it was happening, uh, there was, you know, good and bad, I guess. But no, I, I don't think that I was scared. I, I just kind of knew that I gotta go, and uh, there's no way back. Uh, yeah. So you know, I somehow had to make it work. This sounds like a silly question, but I want to kind mm -hmm. of paint a picture of what Serbia was like. And of course, people do know what Bali was like. So what are the main differences between living in Serbia and then living in Bali? Oh, man. I mean, that's just, uh, it's it's like, uh, it's kind of like a difference between, you know, Earth and Saturn. I mean, yeah. uh, kind of nothing <laughs> is the same. I mean, n nothing in the in the in the look is the same. Uh, Bali is, you know, tropical island. Serbia is for, you know, seasons. It's just there is really, I mean, I mean yeah, the, the Westerners live kind of Western type of life, I guess. You know, you, Bali now is like, a, like it's incredible hub. I mean, probably one of the strongest food 
uh, uh, places on the planet, you know, like uh, the, the, just the, the, the scene is, is incredible, you know, clubs, this, that, all of us. So it's, it's just, there is really nothing that connects these two places at all. I mean, <laughs> I, I just don't see anything. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, constant summer. I mean, it's just, uh, yeah, you're li- living by the water kind of like uh, does something to people, you know, like mm-hmm. they, they go, they, they, they get a little bit crazier, a little bit cuckoo, you know, like island people, you know, like especially, but you kind of get away from the island from, from time to time. And then you kind of like balance that, you know, but, uh, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing, you know, Asia and Europe are so different. They're, they're just so, so different, you know, like even our cities, you know, like we, we kind of like pride ourselves with our culture and all that. Well, I mean, look at the future, look at Tokyo, Kyoto, you know, like all these, you know, like uh, Hong Kong, you know, it's just, uh, it's, it's future, you know, it's, it's very, very different from, from Europe. So there's really no, except there's, you know, like life struggles and that, that's the same, you know, like that's, that's, you know, people accuse people, you know, like going on the island, they're kind of like running away from, you know, the, like a normal life and like, a, just kind of like, uh, which is ridiculous, you know, like the you think running away from realities, like, well, I mean, your reality is you're in fucking London. My <laughs> reality, I'm in Bali. So I think I, I win there. Uh, of course. I mean, like, I'm not saying like, uh, obviously London or Paris or whatever city. I mean, they have their advantages that Bali doesn't have. But uh, everybody always goes like, you know what? The culture is amazing and all that. And you're like, how many times have you been to theater the last three months? Zero. How many galleries have you visited? One. It's like, what culture are you talking about, man? It's like, you know, what is it? it's like, okay. Uh, you know, I mean, I mean, but there are concerts and this and that. So it's a very different life. I feel that, you know, like for 20 something, it's very, very cool to experience life in the, in the cities or it was up until eight months ago. Yeah. Now it's very different, you know, like now <laughs> cities are kind of like, what the hell are we doing? You know, yeah. so uh, we'll see what happens. Mm, absolutely and it sounds like at that point in your life when you were 24 in serbia and you said that you were having great success in the music industry but it sounds like you're almost at a crossroads in your life yeah 100 percent. and i feel like there'll be a lot of people listening to this who are perhaps in the same position especially because of covid it's kind of making them reevaluate their lives in a way would you urge people who are in the same position to make that leap well i mean you have to i mean unless you have somebody look i had many many people who helped me you know like i mean really like in my lucky break you know that my uncle was here you know like i i developed my photography and all that because i had a little bit of time you know like i mean i wasn't living any type of luxury you know like at that time but uh but uh you know it's not for everybody you know like i mean that leap you know like you 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 know you a lot of people come back home. I mean, like, it's, so it, it, it is really personal how mm-hmm. that uh, thing kind of evolves. But if you did win that genetic lottery being born in a first world country, the only thing that is actually stopping you is, uh, is fear. You know, and like I said, people generally, you know, uh, are saying world is much ni- nicer place than, than, than it is you know, portrayed in, in media, people are much nicer. Of course, there are horrific stories, you know, like, <laughs> of course. I mean, I would encourage people to travel at their own pace because every single story is, is different, you know, so it's it just, uh, but if, if this is a deep desire uh, and there is no help from, you know, anywhere, I mean, then unfortunately you have to do it because, um 
nobody's going to do it for you, you know, and uh, being born in, I don't know, like, like I said, the, the, even Europe, you know, like all Europe, mm. uh, you have much bigger chance of doing something, you know, like then when you're born in slums of India or, you know, like in Africa, in some, you know, remote tribe and like, there's mm. no water. And it's just, you know, uh, you start your life 50 paces ahead. Yeah. I mean, 50, 3000 paces yeah. ahead. Yeah, so uh, you know, sorry if if uh, if if there is a way to get the money and uh, and the fear is what is uh, what is stopping you, then kind of like go step by step. You know, like you don't go and I don't know, hang out with something that is completely you know like scares you. But uh, you know, I, I think that's a common sense, and everybody should feel that. You know, like you cannot advise anybody to. Uh, to jump anywhere you know mm. like they will they will jump or they won't jump and then they will have to live with that you know so that's that's how i see it absolutely and bali's a place which has always intrigued me and it's somewhere i've not been yet but next summer mm-hmm. myself and my girlfriend are planning to come and visit bali and awesome. we've heard of semenyak we've heard of abud all these amazing places but from living there for 20 years do you have any secret gems which you could share with people which perhaps tourists don't usually go to well i mean I, look all of these all of these things are, are kind of like beaten tracks in bali bali is so famous and and kind of like uh, it is kind of interesting interesting to see bali uh, in last uh, couple of couple of months uh you know i mean like i'm always telling the story like friends of mine who live 10 minutes away from me they're they were having this party before covid and they're like man i mean we're so sorry we're late you know like it took them two hours to get to us that's the the, the that's the traffic really that was in bali yeah 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 man it, it, it is insane so so bali bali is i don't know you either love it or you or you don't i think it's one of those places it gives you all of the things of, of of the of the west you know great restaurants great clubs uh, everything is there if you're into that i mean you'll have a great time i think mm. and then you have you know like volcano and and uh, and jungles and uh, bali doesn't have really amazing beaches but depending on where you're coming from you know like if you're coming from you know europe and this and that these beaches are going to be the most amazing thing ever yeah uh, you know, so it's also, I've been here 20 years, you know, so, so it's like, it, I'm, I'm looking at it very differently from, from somebody who just arrived, you know, so, so it has a lot of stuff to offer. I mean, like this Uluvatu places, you know, like it's incredible. It has a surf that is what, 10 months long, but mm. there is nothing the best here. I, I, I was actually talking to, to, to some other guys and they were asking me, what is the secret of Bali? You know, like, what is the, what is that draw? You know, and I think it's the name. It is the coolest name by far. Yeah. Bali, Bali just sounds cooler than Hawaii or Vietnam or Laos. It just, and it's really, realistically, like, you know, the, the beaches are better, well, anywhere. Uh, the, 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 the rice fields are not even close to Vietnam or China or, or, or something like that. It's just ridiculous. Uh, the jungle is, well, it's a jungle. I mean, it's beautiful, but it's, uh, you know, you want to, you know, go through the jungle, you can, no problem, you know. So, so all of these things are, are you know, like it, when you mish, mishmash it together, it kind of, it, it is what it is. It's cool. It's, it can be really crowded. It can be, 
you know, the spiritual for some people, you know, like a lot of people go to Ubud and, you know, like lose their freaking mind, you know, like, I mean, yoga people, oh, geez. you know, like all of these things, like kind of like, you know, it's, 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 everything is kind of mixed together in this, in this, uh, I think, beautiful melting pot of people. And the uh, good thing about Bali is that it's so multi cultural and because you just meet people easily especially when you're traveling you're meeting people even easier yeah i recommend it but you know like bali should always be connected to some other trips you know that are kind of like mm. komodo or or maybe going to java and seeing seeing some volcanoes or or going to sumatra and seeing orangutans or yeah. you know going to you know it's just there's so much in the mm. ten thousand islands so <laughs> it's just endless that's a nice segue actually onto uh the trip you took because before we you came in the podcast we you spoke about your trip on a yacht around Indonesia, around all the sure. different islands. I wondered if you could explain what that was like for us. Well, I mean, there, there, were, there were a couple of things that I did. I mean, the, the first thing was a friend of mine uh, rented the boat, right? And, uh, and for like five years, he took this boat. And then we were sitting one night, me, him and his girlfriend, and they're like, kind of like not even thinking about it. they need to do the marketing and all these things. And they kind of like both looked at me as like, huh, you're a photographer. Why did you come on a boat? And we'll treat you nice and all that. And uh, all. And I was really, really close to, to this friend. I, I, I don't think that I would, you know, charge him, you know, like I've been mean, ever. So I was like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> so that was the first trip was uh, 12 days in Komodo. I wasn't a diver then. Day seven, I wanted to throw myself overboard because I was so bored. Because you're just kind of like 12 divers. They're just diving. You're going, there's like the worst times to photograph. Just nothing. It just, yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. But after seven days on the boat, you go kind of like, I have nothing to do. So then the second second trip with him was like, I was then kind of like, you got to dive, you know? So uh, the second trip was, uh, I think, 12 days in, uh, in Alor. And that was incredible. You know, tribes and then started diving. And that was just, oh my God. God, man. I mean, like, you know, like I think on, on one of my seven dive, I kind of like stayed, we went, I don't know, 20 something meters, you know, like, I mean, uh, and, uh, and I kind of like stayed up above the group and we saw kind of like uh, a couple of hammerhead sharks wow. kind of making this little turn. And then one of them kind of like went right at me, like far away. But right at me, I knew she saw me. I mean, hundred oh. percent. And then she turned, and you're like, "Whoa, that is a interesting fish." <laughs> and then I got up, you know, like I got got up on the boat, and I was like, you know, every like all of these divers are are there, and I'm like, "Oh fuck, I'm, I want to die with great whites." And everybody like, just just be quiet, man. Like, no, 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 no. What great whites, man? Are you out of your mind? <laughs> uh, so then, I mean, I, I just got really fascinated with, with sharks, which are, you know, like it's not, it's not easy to, to, to see them. I mean, they're, they're, you know, like seasonal and all that. So that was amazing. And then, you know, these beautiful drift dives, corals, it was incredible. And then with that boat, I went all the way to West Papua where we actually visited this uh, uh, little town. And it, now it's like my brain freeze. But that, that thing is, uh, island called Rune is next to it. Rune was exchanged in about 1600s for island of New York. 
uh-huh. that was exchanged because I mean, then not, nutmeg was like, you know, like, you know, more valuable than, than gold. So we're wow. passing by this, this island and on the island, I, I swear, I mean, they're like four huts, three boats, and they're like two fishermen. <laughs> and then your kind of mind goes to New York. <laughs> so, <laughs> that at some point was kind of like a valid exchange. And I think that this yeah. island is way better off now than New York is. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it kind of like shows you the progress of the world, really. Mm. Uh, and then I, the, the most, you know, like interesting, I think, uh, experience was, uh, I, I, uh, I met my wife through, you know, basically photographs. She had some, she built a boutique hotel here, some restaurants. And then on the way she built this, uh, beautiful boat called Alexa. Mm. And it is super luxurious, super luxurious boat. It's like 30 meters, one cabin. So only two guests, uh, it's wow. just, you know, private chefs and all, all, all that stuff. There's kind of like this, uh, this guy was asking for, uh, for itinerary for 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 this uh, place Alor and they didn't have it so that trip was two weeks and we were literally exploring everybody on the boat saw things for the first time like mm-hmm. every single place everybody saw it for the first time yeah the good thing about it that, that the the private chef and the dive master are like brothers now <laughs> like yeah. I just these are just really really close friends now mm. And that was the, the the beginning of our friendship, really. So it was like, you know, like every, every, we were just hanging out together. I mean, yeah. it's just kind of like everybody are so excited and everybody are like each other. It's just, it was amazing. Incredible. The most amazing trip was that trip, you know, like those 12 hours on the, when we went to see the active volcano called Comba, it's 15 nautical miles from, uh, from the, uh, uh, what is it, uh, north of uh, Flores. Mm. And basically it explodes every 20 minutes. I mean, you have a little eruption every 20 minutes it erupts. Wow. So essentially when you're approaching this this volcano, I mean, you're you're kind of like coming closer and closer and closer. And then we, we kind of like park really close. I mean, we were like maybe two, 300 meters from that boat. So I have like a boat. I mean, I, I went on the dinghy and I have a boat and behind it there is an eruption i mean like have that photograph wow so so then uh we decided that would be amazing to dive underneath that volcano so, so <laughs> of ne- course of course you yeah yeah <laughs> you gotta do that so uh uh the dive master nico and me we we went down and uh it's a pretty interesting dive i mean nothing spectacular in in, in the way of what you see mm. but you know like you're yeah. <laughs> okay, so like doesn't matter but what what happened uh, on like when we were decompressing was was kind of like you know i i think that i will one of the scenes that when i die i mean that will kind of like pass through my mind is like the, the volcano exploded again so you're kind of like looking at this mushroom cloud of, of ash and everything while you're you know kind of diving so so that was uh, that was and and that's not even half of the day Mm. then then we had uh uh, i I believe it was goulash because Mm. our uh, chef you know peter was hungarian and we were like okay let's just do something like that is you know like completely surprising (laughs) so so we had like goulash on 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 the boat and then uh around i don't know six seven we decided to go and uh, have a couple of bottles on the on the dinghy kind of come even closer to this volcano and then my wife decided that she wants to go out and hug the volcano 
which was great idea after a bottle of wine. Uh, <laughs> so she did that. And I have the photos to show that too. I mean, uh, like she just kind of like hugged the volcano, which I, all of these things in the retrospect sound really <laughs> stupid, but, uh, but then we survived. So, uh, and, and in that time, I mean, it just, it was freaking insane because I mean, the, 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 the weather shifted, the weather changed. So, so we got like waves and all this thing. And it's kind of like starting to kind of blow up. Mm. So we kind of like jump on a dinghy, you know, you have this, you know, like changes in elevation, all that. We all kind of jump in, started the boat. It doesn't move. And we realized that our anchor was stuck. Oh, wow. So now Nico has to go and, and, and kind of, you, we cannot, you know, cut the, cut the thing. And, you know, he was just, you know, like, you know, I'm going. And then he told us later that, you know, he had to go, I think it was 60 or 80 meters down to, wow. to retrieve this thing. Yeah, it, it was just forever. I mean, it took forever to go down and it took forever for him to come up. You know, like, I mean, you're kind of like mm. hoping and praying for that. Finally, like, you know, the, the, the anchor went up and, uh, and then you're waiting for him to come back, you know, like, and that's a while. I mean, oh, from those yeah. depths, I mean, you just kind of like take the, it takes a while. And he finally got out. He jumped on the boat and basically somebody pressed play on uh, on pulp fiction uh, soundtrack <laughs> and basically nobody speaked uh, until next morning and we were just wow. kind of like what the hell happened and then the very next day we were diving with again hammerheads you know like i mean they kind of like encircled us and mm -hmm. uh, it, it was uh, yeah it's one of those you know like 12 days of my life that i will never forget i think it is the best the, the best trip so far. I mean, I, I just cannot, uh, you know, even though I had, you know, more stuff and all that, that day was, was just uh, beyond special. It sounds incredible. There's a few things yeah. you've got to pick up and speak about in more detail there, because when you're diving in a volcano erupts whilst you're underneath the volcano, surely you must fear for your life. Were you genu genuinely fearful for your life at that moment? No, I mean, we were kind of stupid. I mean, we kind of like naively believed uh, that nothing can happen. Uh, you know, things could happen, but I think that, look, man, if it erupts like, you know, oh my god we're goners but i mean that thing is kind of farting for a long long time and it never really produces some crazy yeah. uh, insane eruptions even though i mean how can you how can you say the next one won't be yeah of course. <laughs> i mean a friend friend of mine that that friend of the, the the friend of mine was actually there probably i don't know a month earlier and and he told us that you know like the, it exploded and they had the boat in a certain place the wind shifted and all of this ash came to the boat so it was oh, like wow. black completely so he was like don't don't come close man but <laughs> he's come on i mean you're there i mean like how many times are you going to do this you know like so mm -hmm. so uh uh, it, it had to be done but no i mean like underwater and and um you, you know uh, i didn't really have any any type of uh kind of uh freak outs which is weird for me but yeah i mean like i, I don't know some sort of a switch kind of happens you know we we went i mean pretty deep uh, ourselves uh, on, on a couple of dives you know like i mean you know, i don't know 60 something meters you know like down so mm -hmm. so so I, I was there you know i was drunk on like you kind of like get drunk a little bit on on 60 60 something yeah. meters you get like a little bit hey <laughs> this is cool i know people people get kind of like crazy they they take their masks masks yeah, off i mean it's just kind of, it, it, mm -hmm. ridiculous you know but i mean for me it was very pleasant but then kind of like 
like ascent to uh, going up, man, from 60 meters. You think this is never going to end, man. Yeah, I yeah. mean, like, it's like, you know, like you have to stop every 10 meters. to do mm. It's just, uh, I mean, like, you know, you're just kind of going up and up and up. And you're like, okay, we're at 40, man. I mean, that's like how long. <laughs> and then you're just kind of, uh, you just... Uh, you're dead. I mean, like after that, you you just go to bed and you're out. I mean, so at tired. least I was. Yeah, yeah, just you know, completely exhausted. Yeah, but I mean, the, the, those are those are amazing. I mean, the amazing, amazing experiences that I had uh, in on the boats and you know diving. I mean, is 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 really something that I like to do. Incredible, and also just on the hammerhead sharks. Before we move on, so the first the first time you saw the hammerhead sharks was that unintentional you didn't go out looking for them well uh, no i think we were hoping to see one mm. i mean we we were hoping but uh, but you can never never be sure so so we were just kind of lucky to to uh you know there were like i think three and then that one kind of came and you know made that circle mm. uh so so it is you know like known place for those but you have m- months here in uh, i think it's uh it's Western Papua where, where they kind of migrating. So, so you have like 200 of them above you at, mm. at some points, you know? So, uh, but yeah, I mean, like uh, they're incredible. I mean, like I had an incredible story of not a hammerhead, but some sort of a reef shark. Mm. It was sleeping, you know, like it was sleeping in the cave and I just passed her. And then the friend of mine just kind of tapped me on the shoulder. I, I, I turned around and he's like, check it out. <laughs> And he's like, I'm going to kind of hold it. And I was like, <laughs> don't hold it, man. What the-? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to hold it. And we were like reading that, like, this, if, you, if you do this to a shark, it goes to some sleep, whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it did not happen that way. He tried to get it. She freaked out and just kind of like bashed everything. Like, you know, hit me like on the way out. I mean, she's just trying to like, what the fuck? And uh, yeah, that was kind of, uh, yeah, that was interesting. But I mean, the, all of these stories are really, really dumb. I mean, like they're, they're kind of like, really kind of dumb but uh yeah you get i mean you know hopefully you live a couple of times but uh you know as as we know it's just once so um yeah you better have some some of these experiences you know how would you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. That was incredible, Nicola. I really enjoy listening to all these amazing stories. But I want to move on now to talk about your photography. Uh, because sure. taking a look on your website and also your Instagram feed to get an idea for you as a person, I was just in awe of all your photographs. They're so incredible. Thank you. Um, so I wanted to ask you, when did you learn photography and how old were you? Oh, I was uh, uh, 24, 25. When I moved wow. to Bali, I did not I did not take any photographs. I think that I took like maybe three photos in total uh, wow. bef- before. No interest in photography whatsoever. And then uh, I literally started, my uncle had a business, a business here, like a jewelry business. And he bought a camera and he kind of like gave me the camera and bag of jewelry. And he was like, see what you do. You know, like, mm-hmm. I mean, like, you know, <laughs> earn your keep. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and then uh, I kind of started and... Uh, probably a week later i got my first photograph i mean we were kind of like working on uh, on this thing you know he would kind of because it's his business you know he's the boss you know right. like so i come with the photographs and he shits on them <laughs> and then i kind of like go home kind of like oh, fuck man i mean this is never gonna blah, blah blah and then one day kind of like i was sitting down kind of having a coffee there was a little plastic thing that i kind of devised there was some sand in and, and piece of jewelry mm. the light hit it just right and uh, and that was that was that i mean that was the moment when i took my first photograph and that night you know like i, I went to him and it was like yes 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 <laughs> it's like oh, yeah Amazing. okay we, we know what we're doing now and then I, I went really crazy. I mean, like, I mean, the, the crazier I gotten in those terms, the better it was. So I was experimenting a lot and, and mm-hmm. doing stuff, you know, like to just to kind of like keep it interesting for me. And that's where I kind of like developed this thing. I started with jewelry, which is pretty difficult to photograph mm-hmm. unless you know what you're doing. And then it's just a technique. But um, that was really the start of it. I mean, that 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 was like I started with uh, with a commercial job. Yeah. <laughs> just, just kind of like this is not where you start. No. And then over over time, I mean, really, it's kind of like you know when I when I kind of uh, started doing this exclusively, you know, like I you know like I think that ninety five percent of people will you know work for free work for mm. a portfolio work for this work for that and over the years you know like it kind of like ended up with you know photographing yachts and hotels and the restaurants and you know like all of that stuff that is you know pretty well paid and uh, yeah i mean it's you know I, I had that life for a long time incredible i want to speak about the fact that 
24. So before that point, you, you, you weren't even interested in photography at all? No, not whatsoever. I think people listening to this, and myself included, sometimes I'm 25 years old now, and sometimes I kind of feel like, not that I'm too old to learn a new skill, but <laughs> I think that when you're when you're 18, when you, maybe when you're in school, when you've got loads of free time, I've got all the time in the world to learn it learn a new skill to learn a new skill like photography and take it to the heights that you've taken your photography career to now and you started at 24 what would you say to someone around that age who was perhaps considering that they were too late to the game i know it sounds urgent you know like when you're 25 whatever when you are there it sounds really kind of oh my god however uh when you hit 40 whatever uh, you are going to realize that, oh my God, man, because I was, I felt always that I was late, you know, like I was late with this. I was late with that. I was late. It's just, I mean, that does not exist. If you like something, obviously going for a photography career is insanity. Mm. I mean, I had so many lucky breaks, you know, like in, in, in my life really kind of like coming there, my uncle, uh, having the time to develop. Uh, it's just literally kind of like it was lucky break after lucky break after lucky break to get me to kind of like this place, I don't know, 12, 12 years later. But there, there's really nothing can stop you if you really want to learn something. That's just, you know, like you you got time. I mean, like 25 is like, or 20 or I mean, it's 35. I mean, it's just, if you really want to learn something, you learn it at night, you know, like you have your job, you go there and, you know, okay, you hate your job. That's cool. Uh, but, uh, you know, you cannot sit on your parents' couch and go like, uh, I mean, this is not really what I have in mind. It's just, you know, like, I mean, just, come on. So if you really, really, really want, want to learn something, that is where, where these cliches uh, really come into play. When the cliches are true, the life is pretty much correct. And that is like, you know, that, that's why it doesn't make any sense to anybody to, 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 to go with these cliches because when you know, you know. I mean, for example, is one of the biggest cliches when you know, you know. I mean, and it's true. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing to add to that. You're like, you want to be a photographer? Well, be a freaking photographer. Take a mm -hmm. camera. And it's really easy to learn. I mean, like super easy if you're interested. I mean, you can learn photography in like 10 days. You don't need to go to schools. You don't need to pay money to anybody. The, mm -hmm. the education is, you know, type freaking Google. Find mm -hmm. out about stuff or, or type YouTube. And you have unbelievable amount of free lessons i mean just unbelievable amount of free lessons mm -hmm. uh, there are so many photographers now uh who before talking to a professional is it was kind of difficult now i mean there's so many of them mm -hmm. like on on the and they're not even pros i mean like a lot of people are having the day jobs and this is a hobby so mm -hmm. Uh, it's it's really this uh, too late uh, it's just uh, this is a desire you know like to to do something or or not to do something and uh, patience man i mean like just uh, unless you're yeah, photography career is not something that happens in in two years three years i mean it's mm. just not gonna happen to 95 percent or no 99 percent of people mm. and for 99 percent of people not gonna ha happen period yeah, exactly. <laughs> for various reasons mm. i mean like everybody wants this life i mean like you 
it's just you know you hear a photographer i mean like you know even a freaking wedding photographers yeah it's kind of like it's a photographer man so uh you know and i mean not dissing wedding photographers i mean there's there's some true mm-hmm. artistry in 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 doing wedding photography and it's good money so uh and it beats fucking day job mm-hmm. but uh to come by that thing is you know like catch 22 without mm-hmm. a portfolio you don't work without work yep. you don't get a portfolio yep. work for free do stuff don't do stuff do stuff and especially now i mean all of you guys are youtubers mm. you know that's a new avenue really and it just started youtube is youtube or whatever the vehicle is you know like is it you know streaming or this or that it's just like every day one is coming up yeah. you just need right once you know so uh you know and still i'm far away from any type of financial success or anything mm-hmm. like that for me you know like uh so uh it, it is uh it is an interesting life but but not the one that is easy to come by nice and you've created 12 different city guides amsterdam barcelona buenos aires sydney lisbon stockholm to name a few <laughs> what gave you the motivation to do this when I kind of got together with my wife now, uh, we were kind of finished with Bali, you know, like we were kind of like really, really wanting to do something together. Mm. Uh, we were friends for good, I think seven years, you know, like, and then we got together and, uh, and the idea was that we go around the world make this publishing house and, and do the city guides, you know, like she's like deeply into the interior design. So like she had this idea of the book and here I was a photographer and, Basically, I, I was really kind of like in, in the height of my skills, you know, like because I was photographing hotels, this and that. So for me, this was just a piece of cake to go around the cities and, and, and shoot some stuff. So that was the idea to kind of like try to find a new place to live uh, instead of Bali. And we just didn't find it. We just went on a trip that took uh, probably two and a half, I think three years, something like that. And then in that time, we we we, we had a daughter. We actually did two more books. One is Komodo uh, National Park. And another one is book of my art photography. Kind of gathered this thing. And those books, I think, almost killed me. I mean, like almost killed my career. I mean, like, because I, I while I was photographing this cities and and it was amazing life and like i just wouldn't change that experience for anything in the world really uh my photography went to kind of yeah i wasn't inspired by the end of it uh you know i was photographing fucking, you know like uh the restaurant this that blah 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 so, so it wasn't really i didn't have that balance you know so i found out a lot of stuff you know like a lot what i want what i don't want you know like stuff like that so you know i'm kind of like looking now to go back to to this you know like my first love and that is you know the cultures and people and mm-hmm. as far as frequency as possible so uh, that is why we started these books. Brilliant. So you chose these 12 different cities to live in and you said that you were trying to essentially find a place to live. What drew you to the 12 places that you eventually chose? Oh, it was just coincidence. I mean, like we did Vietnam because I was waiting for Australian visa. So, you know, and we were just itching to go. So I got, uh, we got Vietnamese visas. So we went and did Ho Chi Minh and visited, you know, like, I don't know, a couple of places in Vietnam. Then we got Australian visas and we jumped from Vietnam to, to this. Then we Mm. went to Argentina because of the meat that we wanted to try and Mm. Buenos Aires did not impress me at all and their meat is absolute shit. I mean, there's (laughs) no good meat. In At least I couldn't find, I was in some sort of a 
parallel universe of of i don't know meat however i was speaking to locals and they were sending me to certain restaurants that were amazing and it was just i mean just ridiculous man i mean like you know because we just went to australia so i mean meat uh, you know yeah. we, we went kind of there for the meat and we were thinking maybe we will live in south america i don't know mm. uh then we didn't like it at all and uh and then we, I, I look, if somebody gave me a million dollars chronologically to remember all of these things, I wouldn't be able to, to, to yeah, tell you course. where we were. <laughs> it was kind of like jumping around. Amsterdam was, of course, we, we got to do it. Rome, you got to do mm. Stockholm. My wife's son was, my stepson was was there. So we kind of like went and did quick uh, Stockholm book. I mean, we were mm. we were in Moscow planning to go to... Uh, to Tokyo and Kyoto to do these two books. And then we found out that my wife is pregnant. So Tokyo and Kyoto became Barcelona. Then we decided to live in Barcelona. Wow. And then we kind of were like, okay, I mean, we have like three more weeks, you know, like she can travel and then we cannot, let's do a Lisbon book. So she's pregnant, bobbing around, you know, like, you know, like <laughs> around Lisbon. Three days in, in Lisbon, we decided to live there. You know, so so it was just wow. a mixture of chance and couple of cities that uh, that were really kind of like the the the, the wish list. Sydney was there hundred percent and did did not disappoint. Hong Kong was amazing. I mean, mm. that city is incredible. Uh, just you know, one of my favorites. You know, European cities. I mean, for me, like I don't know, like Amsterdam is definitely my favorite city. Really? Yeah. By far, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, there's nothing even close i think in europe to it portugal is a fantastic country you know like i mean that it's just being this kind of discovered mm. you know so so it's like it's a it's a lot of chance really a lot of chance and a couple of cities that we kind of chosen to do great and you mentioned that it's uh, around three years that you did this entire trip three years 12 mm -hmm. cities an average yeah. of around three months if you did them all for the same amount of time is that something oh, uh, you did or did you stay in certain ones for longer? Uh, no, no, we we stayed longer. We stayed like three months in uh, in Australia. We stayed mm. longer in, in Hong Kong. We stayed longer in Amsterdam. Mm. Uh, but I mean, like we did some cities in like two weeks, three weeks because they were researched, mm. you know, before. So when we kind of got to the, on okay. the ground, we kind of, you know, like looked look for something. And then it, we'd, in those trips, we also had other trips, like, you know, to Moscow to visit, you know, my my uh, mother-in-law and then to Serbia to visit my, uh, my, my parents and then to Holland to visit my sister. So, so we had this kind of like, you know, mishmash of, of the trip, but it was like we were on the road, mm. like, consistently mm. you know that i i don't think that um, the, the longest period that we didn't didn't pack bags was i don't know maybe um three weeks i mean wow. something like that yeah it gets really really loopy uh, mm -hmm. it's just not it's it's not for me it's definitely not for me mm -hmm. it's just too much it's just uh um it's just i'm i'm not wired that way i mean it was my dream really to mm -hmm. to live like this i i got to realize that dream and within that dream i realized okay i mean like i really like you know to have a place and then from that place i'll jump around but yeah. this type of uh i mean I, i'll do it again probably at some point 
but mm. uh but <laughs> but it's not gonna go for like you know three years get what it was really like and go back and do it again yeah yeah i mean of course of course i mean like you know who wouldn't you know like i mean like you can't really complain about these things you know like i mean in, in any kind of way that you know somebody's like oh my god poor you yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is like <laughs> oh, my, my my heart really <laughs> like oh my god <laughs> it's like get the f- i mean shut up <laughs> so, so you can't you can't really complain about this and the less you tell your you know people around you the better you know so and nicola you're probably the best person to ask this that i've ever had on but in the entire world what is your favorite city oh that's a good one <laughs> i really really like hong kong mm. i really really like hong kong i mean like that there's a vibe there that is just so awesome you know like mm. just it's just uh, uh sydney is probably visually the most beautiful place that I that I ever visited, but I don't think it's really kind of livable unless you're you know multimillionaire. Um, mm-hmm. It's just it's a beautiful city. Um, Rome is something that everybody should see. I mean, this is this is a spectacular thing where where your brain just kind of like gets rewired. You know, like you're seeing these buildings and all these things. It's just so you know, like the history of it is 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 just incredible so i guess you know like i would i would go hong kong amsterdam uh uh rome would be would be high high up there you know so uh yeah it's hard to it's hard to pick one they're so different they're really really different and could you explain to us what hong kong is really like so paint a picture of what it's actually like to live there you know what hong kong has a really special thing in my heart because i mean before hong kong we were in vietnam where my wife fell off the bike okay so she had a really bad accident and we're going to hong kong to do a book and you know it's hong kong is a really tall city (laughs) it's like it's you know it's just kind of like you know and i was like oh my god man this is just going to be a nightmare however hong kong has escalators Ah. so escalators are all around the city so you can go from the absolute top top to the bottom mm. and kind of like hit the middle streets so mm. when i saw that i was like <laughs> i'm in love with the yeah. city because i didn't know that i, I just didn't know this mm. so so and she was like you know like she was in hong kong i don't know why nobody mentioned this and and yeah that really saved our ass and then hong kong has this atmosphere of uh you you have asia you have this Europe, you have this, you have the, the really weird, weirdly tall buildings. And when you're looking at it from certain perspectives, I mean, this is an island. I mean, it, it once it was a bare island. And now you have these high scrapers that are going, I don't know, I mean, they're really tall. Yeah. So, so, so there is that, I don't know, some sort of an urban vibe that, that I really kind of respond to, you know, like, and then you get kind of like these little, you know, like gems of, of restaurants that are super cheap. And then like, you know, the, the, the places that are super high end, you know, like, and all that stuff. So, so you get to live, breed this, this almost a machine of some sort of entity that is, that, that is just, it, it cannot be really described, you know, like, I mean, I think that every big city has that. But because of this massive buildings, usually the, the, the cities have kind of like some sort of an area that has tall buildings. This is all tall. I mean, like you're just kind of like a little ant, you know, like, and we were kind of like lucky to stay kind of like on top. So when you get this kind of like, you know, you are on the 70th floor and underneath you are two buildings that are 
50 floors each. So you're kind of like, uh-huh. what the hell, man? I mean, you're kind of like in, in, in clouds, you know? So, so it is a super, super, super interesting, super interesting city. Uh, I really, really love that experience. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that, that, that kind of like, it's, it's also very gritty, you know, like, it's not like, mm. it seems like, uh, you know, the city without really rules, let's say, mm. even though, I mean, there's very strict rules, obviously, but uh, it seems like, uh, you know, like a bandit town, which I, yeah. I kind of like love. So you've seen so many different places around the entire world. Do you have a favorite country that you've ever been to? Well, I think that... Uh, I think Burma and Nepal are are probably my favorites. You know, like I mean, it's it's kind of like this. Uh, I can't pick, but uh, so far the places that I visited, those those two are are high above everything else. I mean, like it was kind of like you know connected to good photography uh, experiences, exactly what I wanted. You know, everything kind of like you know what there are these trips that when everything kind of goes right. And for me, that trip especially was Burma at, at certain times, you know, like in Nepal, I was like, you know, I, I actually have a folder, you fucking mountain, I hate you. Because I mean, like, I kind of like went and hiked and this, this, blah, blah, blah. And halfway there, the clouds just moved in. So oh. once I arrived at this thing, there's just it's clouds. So I'm like, I mean, like, this is just, you know, no, <laughs> just like, so, so uh, there, there was some minor frustration in Nepal, but the, it was also kind of like, you know, after, you know, Shivaratri and all that. So, so those two are, are kind of like high above everything else that I've seen. Vietnam is, is, was exceptionally cool. I mean, that, that place is really, really cool. I'm looking forward to speaking about Burma because it's a place that I've in the last few years been really intrigued by, but also found that it's been uh, not included on many backpacking trips around Southeast Asia. Now that sure. it's easier to go to Burma, would you urge people when they're making that itinerary for perhaps like a six month trip to make sure they visit Burma? Okay, I mean, I'm going to go on the limb here and, you know, like just you can quote me. If you don't go to Burma, you're stupid. Mm. I mean, like, you know, that that's that's how strongly I feel about this this country. I mean, if you are backpacking in, in Vietnam, Laos, mm. uh, I don't know, Thailand or on your list these are touristic places i mean especially thailand you know mm-hmm. that's just kind of like you went to thailand of, oh my god yeah, what yeah. an adventure <laughs> it is amazing i mean this thailand is an amazing place i mean like it's just incredible however if you want a little bit of that feeling of i don't know like it's all beaten tracks really i mean mm-hmm. it's all beaten tracks but this has a certain charm certain type of I don't know, like ease to it. It's a super easy trip. The transportation is easy. You can go by jumping with planes. That's what I did. You know, like mm-hmm. I was kind of going Yangon, uh, Bagan, uh, Mandalay. And then from Mandalay to wherever I was going, it was a, it was a boat trip, river uh, on the river. So I took a boat. I, I, I forgot now where I was. I think that, no, I was in Bagan going to Mandalay. That's right. Okay. I was in Bagan, Bagan going to Mandalay. And that was kind of like a nine hour trip uh, on the river. It was amazing. Wow. Yeah, I mean the 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 food is amazing. The people are so nice. I mean they're mm. they're awesome. I mean and plus I mean it's Buddhist country. So what can possibly go mm. wrong? 
I mean, really. And I remember kind of like reading, reading the, the, the things before going to Burma. It's like a political. And then you kind of read this thing that, you know, well, they will not let you in the country if you look mm-hmm. like, a, you know, like a photojournalist. And I'm like, well, I mean, I can probably take this lens out, but I still look like a photojournalist with two cameras and three other lenses. <laughs> it was amazing. It was mm-hmm. just uh, simply amazing. And obviously for every... Uh, 3,000 amazing stories. There's a horror story, mm. but uh, but I don't see that happening in Burma. So, so mm. I would really urge people to go there. Incredible. Do you have any stories from your time in Burma which you could pick out for us that make it so particularly special? Well, I mean, there, there, there is one that is kind of, you know, <laughs> interesting. I was, uh, I was in Bagan, right? So, so, uh, and that's the place of you know, these temples that are what, three, 4,000 years old, you know? So, so the, the, the first day I took some guide, you know, like to kind of like just walk around with him. Mm. And uh, he took me, of course, because I mean, I never have guides. Literally, like, I did that was the first time ever that I took a guide for anything, really. And, you know, like, never again. <laughs> so he takes me to this, you know, like temple that is just, man, I mean, there are like 40,000 photographers, everybody, for, it's just, you know, it was just not, not a thing. I mean, it's cool, but no. And then I go the next day. And then I kind of broke a little rules a little bit, which is stupid, you know, like, I mean, it says do not enter, but I did, you know, and uh, I mean, I mean, you never know with these temples, they're really old. So you step and you, you just, you know, it can yeah, go really horribly wrong, but it didn't. And I was alone on this temple photographing the sunset. And then I realized it's a solar eclipse. Mm. So I had a solar eclipse and then kind of uh, went back kind of like through this little street, you know, like where with the street vendors and all that to have some food and all that. And then I was like, man, I need cigarettes. And I, I walk into this little shop and there's like a bunch of like, there's like a lot of people watching television. And I realized that they're actually watching the, 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 the live broadcast of a solar eclipse that what? is just happening outside. I mean, like, like right there. So, so they're like all kind of like, you know, like to, it's, oh. and it was that that was hilarious. You know, that was really really <laughs> hilarious. I mean, like the the things that that happen, like for example, on on Eubank Bridge, which is you know the, one of the, the I think that the, it is the longest uh, wooden structure uh, on the planet. I think, but I'm not really sure about this. You know, like so so don't. Uh, quote me on this one however mm-hmm. i mean that that is that that is magic you know like you go to this you know like bridge you you hire a guy on the boat you just go out on a boat and then the whole life kind of happens right in front of you people are walking this bridge every day back and forth but you're there for the first time there's something about this thing where where you see something for the first time it's just really those 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 are the reasons probably why we travel, why, why we're, we can, I, it brings so much joy, you know, like, and these moments are gone. I mean, like, if you're feeling like crap, this is not going to help you. I mean, like, it just, you know, it makes things actually worse. <laughs> the memories, good memories are yeah. the worst thing that you can do for yourself, really. It's like, oh my God, like, I'm hungry now, but that Burma trip. Uh, no it's just not gonna help you but uh, it fills you up with with some sort of things that you know like uh, they're good stories they're you know like i that's that's all they are just stories i mean everything else is you know ahead of us incredible this sounds like a good opportunity to ask you is there 
there a place or trip that means the most to you? A photo trip was Burma. Uh, that that I think is 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 above everything else. I, I think that 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 was yeah that, that 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 trip was just special. You know, like with the uh, with the amount of photos that I got and with the experience that I, that, that that I had. You know, like with with the, it, it was just you know I, I think that Burma is the is the most special. I mean, I, look, I mean the best trip was definitely that boat trip. Yes. Uh, you know, like that that was just that that is just cannot be replicated. But this was like. It's not really a photo trip. I mean, like mm. when, you've got, when it comes to photography, uh, it's Burma. When it comes to the overall kind of thing, I mean, nothing beats that two weeks on that boat. I mean, just nothing is even close. So is there a place that you could always go back to? Yeah, I think Nepal would be would be the place. I mean, we just, you know, like there's something about that mountain. Mm. It's it, it just kind of like when you're surrounded with something that is that tall, mm. it just, there's, it's a constant reminder of how small you are. It's mm. like it's, it's just you can't like you know the Nepalese are the best people you know just they're looking at this thing. No, it's like I heard that they are not actually naming a, a, a top that is below five thousand meters, and I don't know if this is true or not. That is the I mean I I actually kind of like I see I just heard it from from this the Sherpa you know like that 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 was that was with me. And then I just kind of took it, like I didn't check, and I'm, I'm yeah. kind of like repeating this to people, not even knowing if it's true or not. It's but it sounded heat. really cool. Yeah, it sounded really cool. Cause like, ah, it's like four thousand three hundred. It's like kind of like beats the biggest European thing by four hundred meters. Now nah, we're not gonna name it like that. It's like you know, of course. I mean, like you know, there's double that. So um, yeah, yeah. But uh, I think Nepal is really, really like a very pleasant trip. I, I think, you know, it, well, it can be really harsh and, you know, depending on where you're going, but I would really like to go to Mustang in Nepal. That is, that is one, one trip that I would really, 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 really like to take, you know, like, and uh, that, that's, that's being kind of uh, planned. Incredible. And Nicola, you spoke about the food in Argentina, not perhaps being up to your standards, but you must have oh, experienced wow. some incredible food uh, from Western culture to, like we said, Latin American culture, even Southeast Asian from the sure. entire world that you've experienced, what has been the best country for food? Well, I mean, for me, it was by far Australia, anywhere in mm. Australia. They have the best produce. They, it was just kind of like we were, look, I mean, everywhere we go, the best the best restaurant is in our house. Uh, my wife cooks, I was, I was a food photographer. And we are like, you know, super easygoing. I mean, we're not looking for fufu stuff, even though, you know, they're fufu stuff, you know, from time to time. But I mean, really kind of like, like this comfort stuff and, and all that. So Australia for me was the best. But like when people are talking about, oh, my country has the best barbecue. No, it doesn't. I mean, I'm curious about Texas. That could yeah. be the place that, yeah. that could rival Australia. But I never got to Texas. I, I did try Australia barbecue by far the best. Nothing is even close. When it comes to this type of, I don't know, um, uh, ability, Bali is surprisingly high up on that mm. list. I mean, like the, the food scene in Bali is really strong. I mean, because of the this multi cultural situation that that we have going on you know like there's so many people coming from their countries opening their native restaurants and cooking the version of the food that they have in their own countries uh bali is really high up really really quality i mean it's amazing uh hong kong <laughs> incredible i mean incredible vietnam is uh, off the charts with their little restaurants where you kind of like drink beer with with ice you know which they yeah. kind of like 
yeah put in and then kind of like the guy comes in and just takes the ice out and you're like you don't if you if you don't know it's really kind of like what just happened here man like why did they... so so uh yes so so i i i tend to gravitate toward uh asian food mm. on a fi- officially my favorite uh food i guess is japanese in sushi unofficially it's freaking burger that's that's it i mean like you know like <laughs> like i think that for everybody it's like you know everybody's like oh yeah i like thai and all that no you don't you like burger man like come on just admit it but uh but i do do gravitate towards asian asian uh, uh you know like thai food and and japanese and chinese and and vietnamese it's just it's it's endless man i mean these these guys know how to cook so um, there's not one place i mean just you know it's there's so many so we've been really positive on the podcast so far and picked out some amazing places but i want to kind of take it to the other side now and ask you about the bad experiences that you've had because traveling isn't always amazing like you said so far is there a place that you've been that you would never go back to athens 100 percent uh athens 100 percent. i lived in athens for uh for almost two years we were building a boat i think it's connected to to these motherfuckers who are horrible uh uh, most like there's one person that i i owe everything to and that that is the the woman who who took care of uh, our our daughter when we were kind of like going up and down and I, Mm -hmm. i would do anything for her everybody else can like i just you know it was it was not good we we built the boat it's it's finished and and it's in and, and we're mo- moving from greece to to maldives and uh and that's it man i mean like it's no no more greece ever i yeah. mean uh, and it look it's a beautiful country yeah, i've been to be athens and oh yeah, yeah i know but i mean this is really this is personal yeah, this is not objective this mm. is not you know, like, well, I mean, they had, it's amazing country, uh, the, the Athens. I mean, I had like amazing time with my wife prior to this. I was looking forward to live there. Mm. Athens is a shithole. There's yeah. no two ways about it. It's a shithole. Uh, it's, it's good for like one day and then you're yeah. done. But then you, they, you have the islands and this and that. I hate Mykonos. I just, I mean, I hate that place that that is just, this this hatred toward this little bullshit i mean fuck that place however really beautiful like super beautiful but the problem was that i was in mykonos kind of like strolling the streets alone and you know kind of like going around and then the the freaking what is it the the cruise ship came Mm. and all of a sudden from this thing it became ten thousand people like you just kind of like (laughs) And and I'm like I, I Asia, please take me. Yeah. But uh, but that's that's one place that, that that I will definitely not go back to. I think Greece. Period. I mean, but you can never say, you know, that you will not go. It's just kind of like you know, almost funny. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I hate that place. <laughs> and imagine that we're in a COVID-free world. Do you have a bucket list that you want to tick off, or is it just not something which has ever been a factor, really? Well, I mean. Yeah, it's kind of like not really. I have a bucket list because I mean, like my thing was like you know, kind of like realizing plans and, and dreams that I didn't really really have. I mean, it's it's kind of like a recurring thing. I mean, I would love to go to Africa. I would love to go to Alaska, uh, Nepal again with the uh, Mustang. Uh, I would love to go to Siberia and see the reindeer people. Those are some of the trips that are that are kind of like that's what I would really like to do. I think I get to do that. 
you know, I, I you know, I, I, I it's kind of like I did, there's a feeling that, you know, like I haven't taken a really uh, interesting photograph in probably three years. You know, Bali is not really interesting for me, you know, to, mm-hmm. to photograph. Uh, it's just not really. And I was never this hardworking photographer, like, you know, going out every day. Blah, 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 yeah, blah, yeah. Blah. It's just, uh, no. Uh, yeah, I was always kind of like, you know, put me in the place where I'm kind of, I mean, I was putting myself in those places where I'm really passionate about something. And then, I, then I'll create a lot of stuff, you know, like a, a lot of good photographs. Um, uh, and that, that's how it works. So, uh, yeah. Fantastic, Nicola. I think, I think that's everything that I wanted awesome. to talk about, man. That's such sure. an incredible podcast. If people want to see you. more from you, they can follow you on Instagram at NicolaCostage underscore Prince. They can go to your website, nicolacostage.com and see all your amazing travel and city guides. Yeah. Thank you so much, Nicola. It's been an absolute pleasure. You're, you're welcome. And uh, yeah, it was a pleasure to talk to you too. So there we go. That was episode 13 with Nicola Costage. I hope you enjoyed it. It really was unique, like nothing we've ever seen on this podcast before. Some of his stories were absolutely amazing and he is so well-traveled too, so he gave us so much insight. If this is the first episode you've come across, then make sure to go back through our archive and listen to all the podcasts we've done so far. There are 12 different podcasts with an array of guests, so hopefully you find one which you enjoy. Thank you as always for listening, guys, and I'll see you next time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.